Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, night protection services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause hey guys welcome to another episode of surviving to thriving today i have with me laura di benedetto she's a tedx speaker number one best-selling author of the six habits and life mastery coach laura teaches how to create the life of our dreams without sacrificing what we love as founder and ceo of vision advertising a company that she built age 19 She has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs build and grow profitable enterprises entirely on their terms. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited for this conversation. Me too. So let's get into it. What was life like for you, high school age? You know, what was high school like and and things like that? High school was a... Well, I think for some of us, you know, it was largely traumatic. I was not one of the cool kids no, no, I wasn't. I was the okay. skinny, little, awkward weirdo. I got, yeah, I got my fair share of bullying that I could definitely have lived without. Yeah, it was actually, I don't know, it was just really weird. So I'm a, uh, I was raised as an only child. I have a half brother. He's 15 years older, so we didn't grow up together. So essentially, I'm an only child and I have a sibling. I kind of get to be both. But growing up that way with parents who are both nearly 40 years older than me, I didn't really speak to my contemporaries like like other kids did who grew up with siblings. I was just a weirdo. So no, I didn't fit in in the slightest and definitely got bullied. I tried to keep to myself. I was oddly enough, you'd never know it now, but I was actually pretty quiet in high school. I didn't really have a lot to say and didn't have a lot of friends and... I don't know. It just, you know, left its marks and I don't look back at my yearbook with any sense of joy or like, oh my God, those were the days. No, no, I think I'm good. You know, I've had numerous friend requests from people from high school wanting to be friends with me on Facebook. And I'm like, (laughs) no, no, that's a boundary you will not be crossing. You did shit to me that I couldn't stop you from doing years ago. And now I have a boundary. Yeah. Oh, but I was different. I'm sure you were. No. (laughs) Right. Well, and you know, and, and you have to look at all the successes that you've had and it's like, well, are they doing it because now I'm successful or because they truly have changed? Yeah. I don't think people really change all that much. Even like if you suddenly come into a lot of money and you never had any money just makes you more of who you already are. Same thing with success or massive failure, your dreams falling apart or whatever. It just makes you more of what you already are. And I remember going to my 11 and a half year class reunion because we're classy. And I I just remember like looking around the room, just like, wow, you guys have not changed. The bitchy girls are still the bitchy girls and the slutty girls were still the slutty girls and the ones that just wanted to be like mean girls all time, all the time. It's like, mm, okay, well, I don't think I fit here. I never did. And the only difference is now I'm glad. And I wasn't before. Yeah. So there was a, there was a bunch of people. Oh my God, you're the most famous person here. First of all, that's hysterical. Second of all, thank you. And why does that matter? Yeah. And it, 
high school is so formative for everybody too. And and so like it, it's once you've, once you're in high school, like whatever you are in high school is usually how you act as an adult, because that's <laughs> what, when you form your, you know, the, the last part of your personality is the last part of who you are as a human being. And, and then, then that's it. <laughs> so I, I, I guess that means that me being the nerd who was interested in all kinds of geeky stuff with no fashion sense, that's not a far stone from where I've landed. <laughs> that's kind of hysterical because now I look in the closet, I'm like, I don't know how to dress myself. I've never figured it out in all these years. It's like, I went through a wearing black all the time phase. I thought it was like fashionable. People are like, oh, are you goth? No, I just black matches itself. <laughs> but then you find out that, that not all black matches all blacks. So you're like, why do I have 30 shades of black? <laughs> this one's brownie black. This one's purpley black, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, can you imagine like the layer of like complication when I realized, oh my God, now I have to start wearing all the same brand of black. That way it's the same thing and the same bolt of clothing that they made all the stuff. Oh my God. <sighs> then someone bravely was like, did you know? There are millions more colors for you to choose from. Shut up. Seriously. I don't have to like constantly be in mourning. Really? How does one go about wearing things like that? Are you kidding me? There was a while there I wouldn't wear skirts. I wouldn't wear shorts. I, oh my God, I wore dollar store sandals because, just because. <laughs> the ugliest crap known to man. I don't know how I got married at 23 or 33. <laughs> How did I do that? <laughs> I question that all the time of how I'm married. So it's all good. <laughs> Fair. So, <laughs> so, you know, high school is high school is high school, right? It's, it's, it's very important in your timeline, but at the end of the day, you look back and you're like, all right, this is, this happened to me. So let's look at it, figure it out and kind of work through it, move through it. And at 19, you started your own business. I did. Yep. Did that, how did that come about? You know, if you're, were you good in school and that's, you know, all of that, or were you kind of like the normal entrepreneur that's like, I hate school. So let me go do something else. I love how you not gave me the opportunity to be a hero and I'm just going to decline. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, oh my God, if there was ever such a thing as an anti-hero, I would be it. So at 19, I started my own business because I had a succession of jobs all in one year. I had 14, I quit half and got fired from the other half. So not only did I not want them, they did not want me either. So it was a mutual, this sucks, I don't fit. Um, not fitting has kind of just been my normal. Talk about new normal, hate that phrase. But like, I was like, oh, I fit, this is weird. Something must be wrong. So I just didn't fit. I was like, well, how about I just go ahead and create a job that I don't feel like quitting and can't get fired from? So I just decided to work for myself and I went out and sold and got some clients. And, you know, that was probably one of the least awkward things I've ever done is just, you know, go out, promise to do a good job and then do it. Which is hard for a lot of people to do. Yes, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, I think we've already established I'm wired a little differently. So for, I mean... I, I got really lucky when I was a kid because my mom was always seeing me come home from school off the bus with the catalog of crap that I had to sell to my neighbors. So she would dutifully drive me around. Bing bong. Hi, want to buy some Yankee candle? That was me. I want a bike. 
So that was a big deal to win a bike. That was like the grand prize. But yeah, my mom always fostered that belief in me that I could do it. And she never stopped me. I'd be like, mom, let's just do five more houses. Okay. She's probably tired and had to pee like two hours ago, but she always went until I wanted to quit. So then I went on, on my own. I'm like, Ooh, I don't have a catalog. I have my own thing. Okay. This is awkward. Let's do it anyway. And that's how, you know, you build anything. I mean, basically you, you have to, you know, we always say you have to step outside of your comfort comfort zone to start building, to start living and, you know, like live, mm-hmm. not, not necessarily live in an uncomfortable state, but you should constantly be thinking and doing things that make you uncomfortable because eventually it won't make you uncomfortable anymore. And you'll have stepped up to that next level. Wholeheartedly agree. That's basically what happens. It's, you know, the phrase goes, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. It's, it's not entirely accurate because the more you do something, the less uncomfortable it gets through repetition, and then it becomes comfortable. But the state of getting used to discomfort is just continually moving the pin. That's what that's about. Yeah, definitely. You no, know, don't stay put. Keep moving. Oh, you got good at this. It's not weird anymore. Nice. Move the pin out. Keep, keep, keep having it be weird. Yeah. That's where the growth is. Exactly. So what was the next, the next pin that you pulled or, you know, you started this at 19. How long did that last? And, you know, you obviously got good at it. And so at what point were you like, all right, <laughs> let's pull the pin. Let's, let's move on to the next thing. Well, I think I was always moving the pin forward. It's like, okay, I want to, you know, I want to get like five clients. I want to get like, you know, 20 clients. I want to hire my first employee. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to get married. I want to do a bunch of the different things. And a lot of it had to do with achievement. I had like a really strong desire to like do well, probably because I felt like I really didn't have a lot of approval early on in my life from like my peers. I always wanted to be successful in a lot of ways, I guess, for a lot of like approval from like the business community. Oh, she's successful. Wow. You know, I wanted psychologically people to be, you know, impressed with me, which is interesting because I didn't need to be impressed with me. Isn't that funny? I needed other people to be because the subtext was because I wasn't impressed with me. I wanted others' approval. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of the way we always do it when every time we seek external approval, it's because there's a huge gap internally. But the moment you correct the internal gap, the external ceases to matter. Of course, I didn't get that for years, but that's okay. So I still have my company that I started all those years ago. And how old is she now? She is 21 years old. And I hired a bunch of people. I have a wonderful team. I have a a woman who runs my company for me. I sold half the company to her. So she would run the company and I could just take off to parts unknown and do all sorts of neat stuff. Hey, no better life, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely been interesting. She got cancer last year at the same time that COVID struck the world. So that complicated things just a little. Just a little. Yeah. Wow. That um, (sighs) She's okay. That's good. That's good. But she's also tough as nails. So even if she wasn't okay, cancer would be slinking away.